Welcome to the Speak the Language podcast. We are back. Last podcast we said we were going to be in Iowa when we were doing this next one, and we're not. This is proceeding right before we leave for Iowa. Uh, as If you listen to the last podcast, we spoke about how Jordan drew a uh, very coveted and longly awaited for Iowa archery tag. There it is. <laughs> Uh, for I forget, and we'll probably mention it like at least a baker's dozen more times throughout this podcast. Right now, seeing is, and we've talked about this a bazillion times before, in the southeast, we're still a good piece away from any kind of rutting stuff. But for much other parts of the country, late October, November, it's about to be go time. So you can use the code STL, as in speak the language, STL21 as a promo code on primos.com. Um, get some discounts knocked off those, those calls those grunt calls those can calls you may need that code also will work on any regular regularly priced product on the website yeah long, if it's not listed on the website on sale you get a discount on no matter what it is yeah stl21 yep stl21 go use it go use it we, well, we did this just for our listeners. Just for our listeners. So if you're not listening to this, well, you wouldn't be li- you wouldn't be hearing it if you wasn't listening. But this is for you. Yeah, I mean, I suppose a buddy that listens to this could share this podcast with their buddy, and then they could get it. Yeah. Or he could say, "Hey, use STL twenty one. Yeah. Speak the language twenty one. STL. We start. We started. My first idea was the code be speak the language twenty one, and then we figured that would be lengthy. So, yeah, I would have to do spell check on that. <laughs> Shorten it down. <laughs> STL 21, save you some money. And, uh, I mean, as you can imagine, this time of year, that e-commerce, e-commerce on our website, just the grunt calls, the can calls, and the rattling horns and rattle bags are pretty popular. Even wind checkers. Even wind checkers. That's probably the most valuable thing in my bow vest this time of year. Mm-hmm. Which, have y'all not seen, like, we have, we've updated our wind checker. That's good. It's in a bigger it's, bottle. It's, it's a different type of powder, too. Yeah. And uh, That rascal will plume. It, it like, <laughs> you puff it, and it's like a volcano erupts. Yeah, <laughs> you know. You know what way that wind's blowing. Yeah. Which, if you were sitting in the tree with Jordan and I the past few days, you would see us plume that wind checker, and it would make a little wind checker powder tornado. All over the place. Twister. It's a twister. Anyhow, um, you know, this week at Kudzu, you uh, have these hopes. You know, we've been taking great pride in trying to, like, keep the deer, like, easy, I guess. Or not easy, but, like, where they're not freaked out. We're just trying not to put pressure on them. Trying to keep the pressure down on this place. And I don't know if it matters. I don't either. Because these jokers are crazy. And I, I on, honestly, I'm not. This is not one of those deals that you. And I know you've heard this before too. Probably majority of the people that listen to this podcast have heard it. Folks like to make arguments that the deer it, that they hunt are the hardest deer. You know, I'm not even. That's that's not the point I'm trying to make. This is not like a our deer difficult. I'm not trying to do that. I'm just saying I don't know what it is about these deer here. They just seem to be so keyed up all the time. Yeah. I don't care. Like you said, I don't care what you do. I told Lake yesterday, I was like, these deer got us figured out in the first week. Yeah. Like, they know we out there trying to get them. I don't know what we've done wrong. Well, like, 
case in point we were hunting yesterday evening and we were hunting a spot yesterday evening that we have been waiting it was kudzu last year when we started running cameras we didn't have cell cams last year that we were running as 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 many um those cellular cores are pretty much the vast majority of what we're running on kudzu this year and but when we check them this one spot that we named big buck ridge real real original i know but we called it big buck it ridge was the first, it was the only spot last year we had like bucks that one the first run of cameras we put out that was the first spot we ever saw a shooter buck yeah and but and then it happened as we it that spot was showing that consistently and not only consistently they were coming in in the daylight mm-hmm. and so it's kind of one of those things you just log back in your memory and say well remember that for next fall and so this fall leading up to we start running trail cameras start running cameras you know touch before season opens and there again there's more daylight movement on the big buck ridge spot than any other spot on the whole place Uh, but you need a particular wind for where we have the stand we thought we had the wind one day tried to go in there got to y'all have talked we all heard us talk about the the bluffs and the ridges and we got on the ridge that the stand is on and checked the wind and even though the weather app said the wind was blowing west it was not doing that and so we didn't go in there well yesterday evening got the wind right got to that ridge wind still right we're like awesome this is great climb up there uh, it was hot waited um had to sit out sit through a little bit of a rainstorm wasn't too terrible and then it was i mean it wasn't like last light but it was started to be where light was fading when we first saw that deer yeah but this doe comes out with a phone and when we first see her she's like 65 ish yards and when i like i think the first time i laid eyes on her she was doing the head juke you know and they start whipping their neck around trying. oh and you said there's a deer coming out this old road i looked up there i couldn't see her at first so i got the cameras going pointed the direction you're looking and as soon as i seen her her ears were like radars yeah and i'm going through and i mean she's stomping but you know how y'all i'm sure y'all have seen this before there's a difference i mean i'm sure we've all seen a deer stomp before if you're a deer hunter that's not something you'd like to see uh but there's a difference when a deer is stomping when they have something pegged. You know what I mean? There's a difference between that stomp and, like, a they're just stomping stomp. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, the, both of them are alert, but it's not as... Well, it's usually you can tell tell from the head movement yeah. and what what they're keyed in on. And she was, like, looking everywhere stomping. Well, And first, you could tell that with the camera. <laughs> I couldn't like and I was like was scared to move because she was doing that and so I was going what did she see is the wind swirling did she catch one of us moving and you said Jordan you were like this may just be normal behavior Mm -hmm. and sure enough every deer we saw that night with the exception of one fawn what did we see like three other does yeah all of them did that everyone and the wind was fine they didn't see us they never once looked up in our tree they were just acting like they were scared of everything like ooh, this is gonna be difficult mm-hmm. <coughs> just one of them things i don't know i guess years and years of hunting pressure yeah. just i mean it was those man they've been alive since we you know way before we started hunting there yeah. I mean, these are mature deer they're four or five years old probably yeah if not older so they've been through four or five hunting seasons you know mm-hmm. and this is only the second that we've had to place so I mean they were educated I'm not saying that we haven't educated them but they're smart yeah obviously 
All I could think about is I was like, if a buck comes in the shooting range, or if one of those does comes in and we decided to shoot it, just the process of getting the bow drawn back, <laughs> I like it's it's coin flip. Yeah. And we had cover in this stand. Like, cover wasn't the issue. It was just how those deer was acting. I think, like, any, I was like, man, this is and, and you going know, to be a task. Talking about the subject of those deer, you know, being through hunting season before we had it and all this kind of stuff, I mean, that can relate to anybody. Because if you lease a new place or buy a new property, whatever it is, mm-hmm. and it had a lot of hunting pressure on it before, like, it's going to take you three to four years to really get a good idea what's going on with the place because if you're going to do low pressure you've got to pretty much raise a whole new generation of deer used to that yeah and it's it's not a it's not a short-term process in my mind like those deer they know i mean they start seeing people you know especially with us a smaller property they're hearing people seeing people smelling people you know from a month and a half ago because they go pretty much all summer without any disturbance at all then all of a sudden everybody's going out in the woods mm-hmm. hanging stands putting up cameras doing food plots i mean it's just a big disturbance that happens all at once and you know with our deer they don't just 100 percent stay on us so no that's they, i mean we've been planting food plots and all that too so it's disturbed them that's one thing i thought about it's just it's funny to me because not everyone i I questions we get a lot or like assumptions that we get about us a lot is that uh folks a lot of times think not always combatively but they sometimes think that we hunt the the areas we get to hunt whitetail wise are just way out of any terms of reality for what they do (laughs) perfect example of this uh the other night i was talking to somebody on the phone and uh they asked me if i saw any deer that night i was like no man uh they crazy he's like huh even on y'all's place <laughs> i was like yeah just because we hunt it don't mean it's just like the best of the best yeah. you know well i mean like and i'm thinking like you start whenever footage when footage from kudzu starts airing you're gonna hear like you're gonna hear cars going down the highway there was one time we were sitting there you could hear somebody from a house nearby you could hear their stereo playing from their speakers like we re- we in reality whatever <laughs> we, yeah, right. we ain't living in no fantasy world <laughs> yeah we hunt just like everybody else does you had to deal with the same stuff yeah. people riding four-wheelers on a neighbor property yeah this podcast is brought to you by OnX Hunt, the app that has completely changed the game and helps you increase your success rates every time you go out in the field. It's something that we legitimately use every single day. doesn't matter if we're talking elk hunting, deer hunting, duck hunting, upland hunting, bass fishing. It does not matter. We don't go a day without using OnX Hunt. Public and private land boundaries, the new crop filters, the new 3D mapping system. There is not a time where Onyx cannot help you, and they update it all the time, which helps you increase your success rates. So go and check out the Onyx Hunt app today. Use the promo code PRIMOS20 to get 20% off your Onyx Hunt membership. You can't control that kind of stuff. Me and Brad went and looked at a place the other day that we uh, might have permission to hunt this fall, and uh, we were talking to the farmer, and he was like, yeah, man, uh." I hunted down here last year and uh, you gotta watch 
shooting this direction over here because there's a house over there and uh in the afternoons they got about 16 kids that be out there hollering and screaming <laughs> me and brad was like i don't even know if this be worth spending money to plant a food plot over here so maybe don't shoot that way <laughs> you know, let's mark that down <laughs> Golly. <laughs> me and Brad was like, I don't know if this place would be worth a nice, good spot, but if you're going to have all that going on, I mean, yeah, you might get lucky and kill a mature buck, but a lot of them are pretty wary of that kind of stuff. Yeah, and I don't want to take a chance at 16 kids. <laughs> he said they'd be having parties and stuff over there on, on, in the afternoons when I get out of school. It'd be hooping and hollering and screaming. I was like, hmm. Hmm. A couple different wa- different ways you could look at that. You could look at it one way and be like, you know, there's maybe one of those diamond in the rough kind of places. You play it the right way. There may be a big big buck in there. You don't know. The other way you look at it, you're like, I don't think that's worth the risk. <laughs> that's the one I would go with. <laughs> and I, I mean, just the way we hunt. You know, we try to make use what everybody should be like this. I think you try to make the most valuable use of your time in the woods. Yeah and if yeah. you know that kind of risk is there ahead of a time is it worth going yeah well it's like i was talking to a guy on the phone yesterday and and he was asking me about how things was going and i was like man the wind's been swirling bad and this and that and he's like what do you do when conditions are like that i was like man you know it, it's one of those deals talking about maximizing your time in the woods and like we try a lot of times because we you know we have to we, you know we need to we worked on this place but it's like if the wind swirling certain you know so bad to a certain degree you're like i ain't gonna do nothing but mess deer up yeah spook them yeah. you know it's a weird it's, balance it's a catch-22 i mean i mean i hear it all the time like i gotta go hunting I mean, I'm talking about talking to people. It's like I only got you know two days a week I can hunt. I got to go. Yeah. I just had to go. Uh, honestly, we're in the same position because what we do, trying to make TV shows, and yeah. film, and all that. We, I mean, we have to give it effort. Same way with the weekend guy. That's like this is my only two days to go. He's got. He wants to go. Same way with us. You know, we can't just pick and choose when we go. Yeah. You have to go out there and give it effort to get done what we do for right. primos, you know. Yeah. Yeah. One thing we did this was on a on a funnier note, uh, I think it was the I think it was the first evening that we hunted, something like that. We were tipsing into a spot and as soon as we I don't know, we're probably within fifty yards of the tree stand and uh I think it was a doe of some sort. Don't know if it was a young doe, older doe, whatever, but blew out of there. And uh that's when you said you're like you know we literally have the capability to check whether or not a deer's there or not before we just go busting up into the woods so that was a good lesson to learn and yeah, we did the cell cam we did start doing that Which you're gonna miss some of course but you know the way we got them set up you can see most of the plot so uh, if they're in the plot or in, under these acorn acre trees. trees yeah well i mean you have a better chance of catching it than you do before though mm-hmm. you know before now it was like just a shot in the dark hope nothing's there you know yep but uh and we got there pretty like i i wouldn't have thought a deer would have been in there already it was fairly warm that afternoon and we got there early for this time of year but you know yeah i've uh you know since we do have the capability of the, the cell cancel we're using a lot this year you know it's been a full moon coming up and all that this week and i've been 
looking at the cameras and like seeing that midday pattern i mean we're not seeing mature bucks during the middle, middle of the day coming out but you are seeing a lot of deer feeding during the middle of the day it's pretty neat to be able to see that you know on your phone you can scroll through look at the pictures like oh okay well, there's three does at such and such plot at 12 30 in the afternoon they were there for 30 minutes That's, yeah you know you can kind of really see how the moon phase affects these deer by these cell cams yeah there's no doubt it's 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 interesting well that and like and we've talked about all this on on social lately but like uh thinking about you know how you go and you you have a spot that you're not sure about so you go slap a camera up in mm-hmm. and i was talking to a guy as like in years past you put that camera out and you leave it up for a week two weeks a month whatever and you hike in there and you have two options you either pull the camera or you switch the card yep. you know if you decide and tooth you know you have possibility for wishing you didn't do either on one hand you could go pull the camera out of there and see that there's deer coming through there what in a positive like i want to go hunt there but second like man i wish i wouldn't have pulled that camera and the second you know you go switch the card and you go back and you realize nothing's coming through there you're like well man that camera's probably better used somewhere else now i gotta go hike back in there and get it yeah whereas with the cell cameras you know you leave it up you're like ah let's move that thing let's go somewhere else yeah there's a bunch of different advantages which i know there's probably folks listening to this that have been fooling around with cell cameras for years this is all new to us this many at least yeah i mean we've been running a few sales here and there and a little bit but i mean it's just not been something we really really focused on the last few years but uh it's definitely definitely been a, a good experience and not to mention what you just said but just staying out of the woods you ain't got to go in there and check your camera mm-hmm. no doubt um what was it? oh before we, we need to talk about iowa calling the rut all that good stuff we did have like fun funny enough um i had a fella uh by the name is uh tip edwards said he heard was i guess inspired enough by our last podcast about this new studio the uh the room of bad taxidermy unfortunate taxidermy whatever you want to call it that he's he's sending us something <laughs> uh cool so shout shout out to him appreciate him doing that uh had one guy mess and you said i don't think it's the same guy because i went back and looked i think it was two different people referred to it as because they heard you know we said we're still workshopping the name on it mm-hmm. um and one, the guy messaged me and he said it reminded him of the island of misfit toys that old rudolph the red-nosed reindeer movie <laughs> and a guy t- messaged you said the same thing yeah misfits yeah we fit right in but i'm gonna figure something out i think the whole i don't know how but something with getting folks to send in bad tax me just seems like too funny of an idea to pass up oh yeah but that's where we sit this morning back in the uh the new studio the bad taxidermy odd taxidermy misfit taxidermy whatever um and we sit on the verge of getting in the truck pointing it north and heading to southeast iowa yep been uh talking to tommy the last few days and i think we're gonna head out monday or possibly tuesday probably monday though okay so pre-rut i'm you know the i've talked to tommy a lot that's the good thing about hunting with tommy like he's a size of outfitter where you Mm -hmm. can he does what's best for his clients you know he's going to tell you like when's the best time 
in his opinion to come of course you know people that have been booked longer than us get first deals but as far as you know being able to justify using your time to best effort especially for bow hunting and a yeah. tag that's taken five years he's gonna be like i've had really good luck you know on these dates if you want to come then it's open yeah so that's that's i'm excited about it Heck we're yeah. hunting pre-rut type deer you know it's not full bore chasing and this craziness we're going to hopefully call up a deer because that's what we enjoy doing yeah which is is part of like subject of discussion you hear people think like the general term just rut and you associate that with deer calling for obvious reasons um but you you hear folks that when we've said it before you the pre-rut stage is like really really like the time to call in a deer that's when i have had the most success far as times calling versus deer coming in yeah me. you can have success with it all throughout that rut phase for yeah, sure there I mean, there's so many different phases to the rut there's not just uh here's the rut everything's gonna act the same every day like it varies from day to day like based on estrogen levels from does and how the bucks get locked down just like last year in kansas yeah you know it was two days of actively seeking pretty wide open yeah and then it was locked down yeah they did not move which is a very frustrating time that's when you if you ever if you yourself or a buddy ever had the unfortunate experience of like you're not from the midwest you're a guy from mississippi alabama louisiana and you hear all your life about the midwest rut and kansas iowa illinois whatever and you go up there and just by the way the cards fell you happen to be there during lockdown and you hunt for three days and don't hardly see anything you leave there going i ain't missing anything yeah and i've heard of that happening you know oh yeah but you just there, there's like i said there's little phases but when it breaks open it breaks open yep those especially like last year the way we timed it in kansas uh and it varies you know a couple of days every year it seems like because i mean it's an odd number of days in the year so of course it's going to vary it doesn't always match up to the exact same date when a deer comes in the uh, estrogen or whatever in the right heat. yeah and uh but anyway like last year the year before in 2019 we went the first week of november yeah and it was a little early Mm-hmm. and uh you know ended up killing a deer and calling him in but we hunted four or five just six, towards the latter end of the days week yeah. before that happened and uh we said last year okay we're gonna back our dates up four or five days and then come when they were really starting to get after it last year well last year they were absolutely going nuts the week we came yeah you know and then we got lucky or i guess i got lucky and killed a deer the first day and we saw a lot of bucks and like after that you and brad y'all saw a lot of deer first two days yeah and then it shut down and then it completely just turned off unless you've got 10 days to wait on it to be done yeah like for a four or five day period right there it's like where are all the deer at like the the i want to say the last afternoon we were there and like this it was two days like you said we were seeing deer never saw we we come relatively close with a I can't remember what kind of big what kind of deer it was i remember he was big and uh this was on like the second morning i think and uh we saw him he was like you know how you see this this time of year you know what's happening you just catch a silhouette but you can tell by the trot and the way his 
his head's facing you know like the way his head's positioned you know what that buck's doing you know he was running around looking you know and i caught a flash of him brad grunts he crosses a creek and it just didn't work out but that was in the second day after that it shoots shuts down and i want it was like the last very last afternoon we were there we saw a buck it was a, a good 10 point chasing a doe mm-hmm. and that was we were like oh oh they're doing but it was right there at the end yeah and we never got a shot at him so this year in iowa which you haven't hunted in iowa in eight nine years at least i haven't hunted the only time i've ever hunted iowa was shotgun season so i've never experienced that rut craziness you've always yeah. heard about southeast iowa um so talking to tommy which he is a local expert been doing this for years he knows what he's talking about he's like if you want to call in a buck and have a chance at a sure enough giant you come right before it all busts loose yeah you know so that's what we're going to do and it like that's what they're those especially those mature bucks they know what time of year to get on their feet like they know what's coming and they're trying to find that first doe that comes in the heat Mm -hmm. and next week that should be happening i mean we may go and not see a deer it's hunting hunting you know it's it varies on the weather and a lot of different other aspects but that's the Mm -hmm. time that you have the most potential to call in a sure enough big deer yeah um another point that i feel like is is decent enough to make is so you were talking about tommy and the local expert and everything uh if you are going on a hunt like this if you drew an iowa tag or can you still buy illinois over the counter mm-hmm. okay or, or even, even if you're not but if you're going to you're in a situation with your job or whatever where you even even if you're going to over the counter state this is the first time you've ever been able to go something like that if you want to diy it i'm not not condemning doing that at all no but yeah don't let like the whole mindset that if you get help from somebody else you're less than a hunter you know what i mean yeah so like if you want to do if you want to do that that's fine or if you want to spend all your diy figuring it yourself out efforts do that on your home turf you know when you have like if you're going to hunt this place that you've always been thinking about and i'm not even talking about killing a giant deer i I was talking to a dude the other day i'm just talking about experiencing that rut that you as a deer hunter a bow hunter want to see please find somebody like a resource and don't be embarrassed to use that you know what i mean if you're looking for times to go here's a very underutilized tool that i found Mm mm-hmm is you go to these facebook pages that are like i don't know like a kansas hunting group or something like that and you scroll back to last year and you see when people are posting pictures of the deer they killed Mm -hmm. like the dates that's when you can get a good idea of what time to be there yeah but i just you know part of the society you hear now these days you'll hear guys condemning folks for hunting with an outfitter or leaning on a guy whatever and like i said if you want if you truly want to do the do it yourself figure it all out by yourself go ahead i'm not you know i'm not condemning that at all but yeah no i I thoroughly enjoy figuring them out myself too yeah but i'm saying if you're making like your once in a lifetime trip to wherever state don't be embarrassed to reach out and try to find some kind of resources even if it's like 
at like the base level, you can call a state biologist and pick their brain on when stuff starts to break open, yeah. you know? I mean, we always talk about, you know, scouting and, uh, you know, doing your homework before you go. Well, that's part of your homework. Mm-hmm. You know, you figure out when the time to go is and your time's going to be utilized way better. Yeah. Cause that's the most valuable thing we got. Nobody's got unlimited time to hunt. Nope. You know? Nope. Sure don't. That's just like the Iowa deal. I mean, we'll go this year, and if I strike out, it's going to be four or five years before I get to do it again. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to use every tool I have to make it the best it can be. Yeah. Yep. Um, the thing that does, like, going back, the thing, the thing that – or one of the biggest things that's exciting about it, like I said, we touched on it a little bit, but just calling deer – and I think it's like the Midwest, you get a lot more open stuff, a lot more open ground with all the agriculture fields and stuff. But calling in the Midwest is, as far as places that I've been able to deer hunt or film a deer hunt, whatever, that area of the country is just hard to beat. Yeah. Because you just see it more. It's just a different type of rut than it is here. Yeah. That's the only way I can explain it. It's different. It really is. You, you may, down here, you may see have that one special day during the season where everything's busting loose and mm-hmm. but you know up there usually unless the weather's just absolutely horrible you'll have a 10-day period where it's just fantastic yeah you know yeah and i'm thinking about like um i'm assuming you have some ideas here because we don't like i don't we haven't used props in the podcast but when i told jordan we were talking about iowa and calling in the rut you just like insisted you needed to bring that can and grunt call with you <laughs> well, so do you have like you you want to do like an audio seminar what do you got going well i've all <laughs> i get a lot of questions about like what do you do calling wise like yeah. grunting cannon because yep. there is different scenarios that we all use like based mm. on the time like it is like here's a prime example like two weeks before pre-rut or mm-hmm. a week before pre-rut when bucks are just kind of getting that territorial scrapes yeah rubs pecking starting, order type stuff they're trying to figure out well you don't want to create a chasing scenario that's not realistic so that time of year like if you're trying to call up a deer you're looking at or whatever just like what i've done before is like just give like a kind of a dominant grunt at him and yeah. that kind of just sounds like just that kind of thing right just let him know there's a buck over there and if they're in that stage where they're figuring out that pecking order they may come over there like especially if he's the guy or thinks he is he may come over there and see who's who's talking to him yeah you know i've seen like in that time phase i've seen a lot of it's almost like a it's almost like a more curious response Mm -hmm. they come in they're like what's going on you know it's not whereas like a lot of times the more when you think about rut hunts or calling hunts that you may have seen on video, you think about them coming in, bristled up, looking all aggressive, just bowling in. But that just kind of, just kind of walking in there, looking around, like, who did, who made that sound, mm-hmm. kind of thing. Yep. And uh, so next week, we're talking about, you know, deer looking for that first doe that comes in the heat. Right. And uh, what I you've heard me do it a thousand times. I always like to create a chasing. Yeah. like scenario like a buck just that's tending a doe like he's pushing her around she's you know that's that they're having a little party and man 
we've all seen this work so many times it's like creating that scenario you always want to create the scenario that's going on and uh like what i always do with a chasing scenario is like this is i usually like can because if you here if you've ever experienced a buck chasing a doe he's usually grunting every step he's taking yeah, this those real little short burst, burst grunts. Like, <laughs> like he's just right behind her mm-hmm. just yeah that man that has worked so many times creating that scenario even in i i seen calling like that like a sequence like that is probably what i would think I've seen be most successful in a blind calling type of situation. That's what I was going yeah. to say. Like I, I use that when I'm blind calling a lot. Because if mm. I'm looking at a deer, you can call to him and tell his body language. Kind of assess what, what they're thinking. Like yeah. last year in Kansas, I'd rattled. And uh, I don't have a set of rattling horns with us, but I do a short burst rattling. Because yeah. if you've ever watched Bucks fight, 90% of the time, it's like less than 10 seconds. Yeah. Like they hit, they're, they're done, they're chasing each other off. And uh, I'll do that little short burst, just really like aggressive, to hit them together. And then as soon as it's over with, I'll go follow it with a grunt, like, yeah. like a real intense grunt, because that buck's mad, he's chasing another buck off. I've seen them do like those real intense, kind of a longer grunt sound. Mm-hmm. The times I've normally seen them, is in a situation where you just described it's kind of it, it almost looks like they're mad slash just like really trying to show their dominance because the one that's doing that yeah, the one that's doing that noise is the one that just whipped the other one's butt oh yeah and i like as soon as i get done rattling especially if i'm blind rattling yeah. i'll follow with that real intense grunt and usually a snort wheeze too mm-hmm. and uh i mean last year in kansas what i did and 30 seconds later we looked over the hill here comes that eight point i shot he was coming looking for it mm-hmm. he gets the 60 yards doesn't see the, the the bucks or hear any movement going on like he thought he should and uh he turns around kind of acts like he's gonna just got disinterested i just, guess yeah just kind of lost interest and uh i just did a real soft snort wheeze at him you know yeah. And uh, immediately jerked his head up. He's like, that buck's standing right there yeah, somewhere. He's there. He just ain't moving. And that's what he came straight to me. Mm-hmm. You know, It's just about when you're looking at a deer, it's all about reading that buck's emotions. Yeah. Uh, other in- uh, the other instance where I've seen bucks make those intense, kind of real guttural sound, longer grunts, is if they they've been they may have been chasing this doe around they may just be following behind her and they're standing there and they're looking and then the doe for whatever reason decides to bound off or make a quick step or sometimes the buck just decides i'm running after her again and when he does that he'll go and go after her and they'll do that a lot too if like a young buck comes getting too close like they'll mm. just like get back yeah it's real when, whenever you hear grunt like that it's there's always seems to be it's like there's a heavy emotion behind it for that buck mm-hmm. he's really trying to get a point across it's just like i mean somebody gets too close to your girlfriend you like you better back up <laughs> you better you better back up yeah watch yourself there's it reminds you that behavior is is as far as like the big grunts like that reminds me of an elk to a degree yeah. you know 
I've seen like a big big bull have cows and a satellite come in and he's like bugles at him like you better get back mm-hmm. yep for sure but you know those different scenarios they really make a difference on how you do it i think i 100 percent agree like this <laughs> that does not sound to me like the jimmy he's, grunt <laughs> he's excited you know he's, yeah. that buck's not too excited yeah like, that's like a just kind of a grunt because I'm here type Pete, deal. The way I've I've thought about it is, folks can kind of get lost in a grunt call or not utilize a grunt call to its full extent mm-hmm. because basically, to make a deer sound in that call, which that's that particular one that George blowing is actually one that you get from our custom mill shop, um, and that's the is that the long can? Mm-hmm. It's a long can. Um, all of which you could, you know, look at primos.com, STL21 promo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, so, but I feel like grunt calls get underutilized because if you pick that call up, any of our grunt calls or just about any grunt call, you pick the call up and you blow into it, you're going to make a deer sound. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of folks never really get beyond that point. They're like, well, I just blow in it. This is easy. This is great. This is awesome. All I got to do is blow in it. This is great. You know what I mean? And so I, you never go further to learn those different. I have never had any luck with this grunt right here. Yeah. Never done any good with that. Yeah. Well, you know what I, you know what I mean, though? Like, that's, that is technic, that's a deer sound. Yeah. But you, you never, folks stop too early because they don't take the time or they don't know to take the time to learn the different inflections or even more importantly, like what we're talking about learn where those sounds are used because the same thing with the can you take that can you turn it over you're making a deer sound mm-hmm. but it's like how you use it and what's wilbur say all the time i'm painting a picture i'm painting a picture that's what you're doing is painting a scenario in that buck's mind what is going on over mm-hmm. here and why would i come look at it because it really like it, it really if you find yourself in a situation if you haven't done this before y'all that are listening out there and you haven't messed with calling much or you're new to it whatever even if it's a young buck and it's the right time of year of course but take the time like what jordan's talking about when when we're talking about calling to a deer and watching how that deer's reacting you can learn so much doing that nothing beats repetitions of actually doing it yeah and you know talking about calling we can't talk about calling without talking about your stand setup yeah they don't work together if you're gun hunting yes Mm -hmm. like if you're just trying to get a buck within 150 yards 200 yards yeah doesn't matter you can be sitting in a wide open hay field and potentially you can be sitting in a shooting house in the middle of a food plot yeah Yeah, you can call a buck get a shot at him but bow hunting you need to make sure that buck cannot see what he's trying what he's hearing yeah setup is absolutely crucial you got to get him within 40 yards or if some of these professional hunters out there can shoot, you know, 60, 70 yards, you got to get them within that range. Not I. For me, within 40. Yeah. And he's got to be able to still be looking for that deer mm-hmm. at 40 yards. Mm-hmm. Like, he can't find it. And uh, that's that's crucial, too. And But my suggestion on calling is put some emotion in it. Yeah. That, that, that has worked more times for me than not putting emotion behind that calling inflection and emotion means a whole lot 
in calling deer now, even a grunt call like i think this is what you were talking about just blowing a grunt call gives mm-hmm. you a deer noise but it does yeah yeah okay that's the difference in just blowing one and putting mm-hmm. a motion behind it yeah that's all that's all the difference in the world i really do think that you know because mm-hmm. i mean i've been i i used to do that you know i mean when you're younger trying to figure it out you just know you blow into it and you're grunting boy you're grunting but yeah. it, it's just it's about again repetition and actually getting out there and doing it is everything that's the biggest i think the biggest factor in learning but yeah emotion and putting inflection into it stand setup is absolutely huge um you know me i like using analogies you do if you listen to somebody that's monotone talking all the time like a like a let's take it like a school professor if you had a school professor that was giving you a lecture yeah you're probably not going to pay attention to what he's saying but if that same professor gets excited about what he's talking about yeah you might it may pique your interest and you listen he might be talking the same sentence over and over again but the difference in his tone and voice and the way he says it gets your interest or not yeah coach husky ninth grade history class <laughs> he's the first person that told me who doc holiday was oh he showed us he was excited about it and he showed us a scene from tombstone in class he was a good professor yeah. but to your point he was not monotone he liked what he was teaching about yeah but yeah no that's that's a fantastic analogy i think um i'm trying to think i don't want to leave because we touched on stand we touched on setup or stand setup so briefly um, and we're not running too long right now. I th- I'm trying to think of um, like just a solid example of what we're talking about. I know uh, Land Between the Lakes with you and Wilbur. Mm-hmm. That's a good example. Yeah, and talking about Midwest, perfect example here is like if you're hunting the edge of a, a bean field or cornfield that's got rolls and stuff in it yeah try to set your stand up where you can see over top of that roll but from the ground level like he's got to come up there on top of that roll to see where you're at yeah don't like if he's looking under your stand where that deer's grunting from like he's got to come up there say that roll's 30 yards from you well if he's got to come up there on top of it to look down and where you're at that's that's gonna get you the shot so but if you put that stand on top of that ridge where he can see 400 yards either way well he's gonna stand out there however far he is and look and see there's not a deer there there was this uh the first when i when i worked at midwest um and i was hunting with aaron warbritton who hunted which i mean i'm again i'm sure everyone on this podcast knows who aaron is um aaron's one of the best that i've been around um and was the first person because like i said growing up hunting in central mississippi i really hadn't called a whole lot until my exposure to midwest you know hunting in the midwest with them and with aaron and uh this particular setup uh we were looking it kind of the 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 block of woods kind of came out the wood the timber kind of jutted out to a finger which led into a standing bean field and this was like late october kind of the same what we're talking about and the particular setup this tree we were in it, it kind of there was the finger that led out to the bean field it kind of went there was a cut and the deer would come anywhere anywhere out of that cut heading to that bean field and the setup for calling 
was on the edge of these woods the tree that that aaron had to stand set in was where if a deer came i mean he he could very easily come too far but you're probably if a deer funneled out of that cut uh, or come off the edge of the finger come to the bean field he's probably going to be within 70 80 yards mm-hmm. but the tree um the tree you could see out into that cut into the open and shoot out there all day but the base of the tree had this thick privity type stuff around it right so the deer coming out of there headed to the bean field if aaron goes to grunting that deer looks over there where the grunt's coming from all he's going to see is that wall of privet he can't see into those woods and see if there's a deer in there so that that's kind of a, another example of what we're talking about you don't want to be in a situation where a deer can just so easily snap his head up and go there's no deer you yep. know yep exactly um i think he called one into that spot i we i know i wasn't filming that day i hunted with him once i think we caught in a small buck but he called in a deer to like to the base of the tree right there yeah same the same pretty much a close example was the, the kansas hunt i referenced from last year yep that's a good good example tall like the grass patch that we were hunting on the side of we were on a draw and a cedar tree which is cedar limbs all the way down to the bottom of it pretty much but out there where i shot the deer at was like a crp field mm-hmm. so we could see all down in it but this stuff's like belly button high probably chest high on me yeah and so a deer walking through it he can't see 10 feet mm-hmm. and so for them to be able to come to where that noise was coming from he's got to get to where the open woods are to be able to see in there yeah and that put him at 15 yards yeah another wilbur saying you got to make him come look for you yeah you got to make him come look for you and if you're in the open he gonna come look but he ain't gonna come look very close yeah <laughs> I, I, they got places to be and things to do i guess as yeah. a deer and they ain't gonna waste their time looking for something they can already see well and their job a deer's only job is to survive yeah so you gotta make it hard for him to do that right <laughs> yeah uh so yeah uh we'll wrap this up i think jordan and i will be headed to iowa very shortly um brad and troy and i think brad and troy are hunting at kudzu next week i think so we'll have you know folks out there doing the deal and um, again use the promo code stl21 that'll get you a discount on any regularly regularly priced item at primos.com and that code is live now you can go in there and do it right now that'd be great for rut calls christmas presents halloween presents whatever um anything else jordan can't think of anything can't think of anything thank you all for listening we'll catch y'all back here next week as always thank you for listening to the speak the language podcast